You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Robert Land, along with my co-host, House of Houston's Brian Patterson. And welcome back to Locked On Texans, your best daily source of Texans news, views, and interviews. Today's show brought to you by my bookie. More on that in a bit. We're back to as the Texans turn. It's, it's, it's always something each day. Owner Bob McNair said Wednesday, uh, today as we're doing this, that starting next week, the Texans plan to interview four to six candidates to become their new GM. They hope to fill the position within two weeks. McNair said the GM will have full authority over personnel. So that's interesting. The Texans are using the search form Corn Ferry, which is the same one they used to find Bill O'Brien when they hired him. And yesterday, Brian, we mentioned four names who've been reported as candidates. Did you get a chance to do some research on those guys? I did. I did. And uh, so those four candidates, you know, we could start out uh, with Brian Gain. Uh, Brian Gain is uh, the guy that's been with the Texas. We talked about a little about him yesterday. I've been uh, with the Texas since 2014 and uh, was uh, the personnel guy. And, um, you know, things didn't go quite rosy between uh, he and Rick Smith. He fired him and he goes to the Bills and he, he gets the job there. Um, I honestly don't think, even though he's going to be the first to be interviewed, that he's not the best candidate because what it, when Rick Smith comes back, that's going to be an awkward situation. Plus, we don't know how much responsible he, he was for some of the uh, mishaps that we've had with the moves we um, have had as of late, like with these draft picks and um, especially uh, with the uh, the situation of free agency. We haven't really uh, won big in free agency in quite a while. And Brock Osweiler, you know, uh, that will go down as one of the worst signings in, uh, in in history as well, along with Ed Reed, as we were talking about yesterday. Yeah, you talk about Gain. And, I mean, just a simple question for anybody on Brian Gain. He was with the Texans the last few years under Rick Smith. And you mentioned he, he had a lot to say in free agency like Brock Osweiler, but look at the Texans free agency overall. I mean, just I just don't get what the purpose of bringing Brian Gain back or even interviewing him. He's interviewed for five jobs, five GM jobs prior to this one, and nobody's wanted him. So that's that's my say on Brian Gain. Who, who, who's your next guy? Uh, the next guy is uh, Nick Casario with with the Patriots. Uh, out of all the guys that that are up for candidates, he is the best one. He's been embedded in the organization since two thousand one. Um, he has been there for every Super Bowl at this or that the uh, Patriots organization um, has won. Um, he is real hands on. He goes up into the booth during games. Um, he gets his hands dirty. He t- gives Bill a check uh, feedback off of what he sees in the offense. Um, and he's great. He's a great evaluator of talent. I mean, you can give him credit for uh, drafting Jimmy Garoppolo, um, but one of the best quarterbacks to come through. He, he's just been able to to help out. You know, I know Bill Belichick is the de facto GM, but uh, with, with Casario, I know he's had a lot of say in all that. And he looks like just a great people person. He's versatile can do more than one thing, and that's something we look for um, in the Bill O'Brien era. I think he would be a perfect fit with this organization, but that's just a matter of what is it going to take to pry him away because I think he likes what he's doing as director of player personnel. But, um, yeah, that really impressed me because you think about Rick Smith. Yeah, if he would have been able – he probably would have wanted to do that, 
But Bill O'Brien is like, nah, we good. We good. We don't need your opinion. You just go in your office and you sit. And I'll talk to you when I need you. So this this is a type of situation as far as a relationship uh, that they had. But goes to show that how tight he is with Bill Belichick. And I'm talking about Nick. Yeah, they're besties, him and and Bill O'Brien, I, I should say, uh, Casario and Bill O'Brien. So you wonder what kind of sweet nothings that uh, Bill O'Brien's been whispering in Bob McNair's ear and how that might be going as far as the conversations that they were having this week. And the the other thing that you think about with this is if they do hire him, are we looking at, you know, him being the equivalent of Rick Smith and Bill O'Brien being the equivalent of, of Gary Kubiak. Remember Kubiak was already in place. Rick Smith was a guy that he really liked. He wanted brought in here. So yeah, it's a situation is who's in charge. And and I guess that, that would be my concern there. We we've gone through this. We've done this. We've been, you know, we had that situation where we're trying to figure out like, Who's really in charge? Is it Kubiak? Is it Rick Smith? Well, would it be O'Brien or Casario? It's a weird situation because the you know technically the GM should be over the head coach, and you know that's what you would assume in most organizations. But this is the Texans. You know, it's as the Texans turns. Who's your next guy? Uh, the next guy that I'd like to talk about, and I just want to make sure that I'm uh, pronouncing this guy's uh, name uh, correctly. Um, it's Brian Gutkunst uh, with with the Packers. Um, he is one of their candidates, and he seems like a guy that, you know, he's been around for, you know, close to two decades uh, in the Packers organization. He's their current director of uh, player personnel, and uh, with Ted Thompson, you know, standing stepping aside, you know, he's certainly an internal candidate. Um, I know the Texans are looking at him, but uh, the Packers do have a reputation for promoting from within. You know, Mike McCarthy's looking right now. Uh, for a defensive coordinator, he's looking to promote from within. So uh, that's just a perfect example right there. And they've historically had uh, that type of uh, mentality because uh, even though there's a Patriots way, there's a Packers way, too, about going about doing things. And um, I, I certainly think that I, I doubt that we're going to get that guy. He he might even get the general manager job. Um, yeah, like I said, he's a strong candidate to to get it over with the Packers. But uh, if not, it's just he doesn't really stand out to me as far as someone that would really uh, make a difference uh, in, in terms of uh, making a dent in free agency, being able to draft well. I think that is his specialty. Uh, he's really, really good with the draft. Um, but, yeah, I, I it, there's just nothing about that name that um, excites me. And I would have to ask multiple times on how to pronounce his name. I just call him Brian. Yeah, uh, you're talking about. Uh, Gutekust is a, you know, that's a, this is a, a guy with the Packers organization right now, right? Is that what you said? Correct. Correct. Director of player personnel. Which begs the question, they just moved aside Ted Thompson, their general manager. Wouldn't the Packers have wanted him if he was that good? That, that's kind of what I'm, I'm confused about there, you know? Exactly. So it, it may be a matter of maybe the timing wasn't right uh, for for Brian, maybe the timing is now, but um, they're they're going to go in search. They're going to bring in external candidates. I mean, that's just what you do uh, whenever you're you're hiring for jobs like that. But I think that for ultimately, uh, for the most part, they're going to bring a guy from uh, within, uh, one that is familiar with the Packer way. The last guy, you, you, the other guy you talked about, Monty Austinfort, right? Yes, uh, Monty Austinfort. Uh, I think I think I noticed about this guy is he. He was a scout, and then he kind of 
worked his way into working with the draft. So he's really like the behind the scenes in the guts of it, uh, studying and profiling uh, prospects. And the Patriots, you know, you have to give them a credit. They've, they've drafted pretty good. A lot of guys that you wouldn't think have made a, a great impression have, have done so. Um, you know, we, we, we can go back to Jimmy Garoppolo um, about that, you know, and um, I don't think that he was there when Tom Brady was drafted. I, he, I can't say that he was responsible uh, for, for drafting him as well. But guys like Rob Bronkowski, he was there for that. And um, he's you know, Bronkowski is going to turn out to be one of the best tight ends, if not the best uh, tight end in uh, NFL history with the type of numbers that, that he's pulling up. But he's really in the guts. I think that it's better for him to stay in the type of role. You know, there's going to be the guy that that takes on the leadership role and to have the face and the name of general manager that can do a multitude of things. And then you have your specialists that, you know, they're the guy behind the guy. I see Austin Ford as that guy, not as a general manager. I think, um, you know, he he's probably appreciative that he's getting these um, you know, in this interest, and he may want to try his hand at it, but he may be a better suited for specializing in what he does best as, as far as evaluating talent, you know, for the draft and whatnot. Austin Fort also spent some time under Casserly and Capers with the Texans, you know, back in 2004, 2005. He was a college assistant, a pro and college assistant for the, the Texans. Like he was a, I guess he was a scout for, for that area for the Texans back in, in those days in the mid two thousands. But again, we, we get two Patriots guys. I guess my last, just, you know, quick thing on, on, you know, again, we, we keep going back to this Patriots. Well, I mean, we've got two guys of the four guys that are out of the Patriots organization. And, you know, to me for the Texans, you know, just I, I'm I'm kind of tired of this. Stop bringing over guys from the Patriots unless their names are Belichick and Brady, because that's the, those are the guys that make it all work. You know, maybe Jimmy G uh, will be somebody we'll be talking about in a few years. That th- that was a guy that you should have brought over. But did any of these other guys really count? Brian Hoyer, Ryan Mallett, uh, what was left of Vince Wolfork's career? Larry Izzo, Mike Vrabel, Wes Welker. Bill O'Brien, how many of these guys have, you know, really helped the Texans in a, in a huge way when we brought them over? O'Brien, I guess a little bit, you know, a couple division titles, although everybody, you know, wants to say that they're, they're not the, the most legitimate division titles. But, I mean, at some point you got to go, you know, the, 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 the Patriots, when you look at that, it just comes down to it's Belichick and it's Brady. It's Belichick and it's Brady. And when those guys are gone – you're going to look and you're going to go, how did they do that with the the cast of characters? I mean, there were some really good guys that they had, I think, in some of those early 2000 teams before I think Brady started to pick it up to another level three, four, five years into his career. But, you know, if you look at the Patriots over the last decade, it seems like Brady just makes the whole thing work. It's, it's kind of a – and Belichick, they, they just kind of make this patchwork work. You know, uh, Gronkowski, obviously, uh, huge, and, and that's a, that's a talent. But – you know, outside of those guys, um, we're not talking about a lot of Hall of Famers here. Yeah. And, and out of the two, I mean, you know, and this is a big, you know, a debatable topic. And I know it's a, kind of a little bit uh, off to the side. But since you mentioned it, I mean, do, do you think that Tom Brady made Bill Belichick a lot more than the other way around? 
or is it kind of like a 50 50 split i think it's a little 50 50 for sure i mean yeah you know you you can't do anything without tom brady but belichick is the perfect guy to patchwork everything else together a defense that sometimes has had some decent talent speaking of the early 2000s i think and sometimes it just looks like oh there's a a a good guy or here too but you know he hasn't had jj watt or Jadavian Clowney, or guys like that. And he still manages to, to make the defense uh, fit together and make it work. And his guys go on elsewhere, and you're like, well, they don't look like that, that, that good elsewhere, but they sure looked good with Belichick. He sure got the most out of them. He sure made them fit to assist him. And that, that's something that I haven't seen a ton from uh, Bill O'Brien. And, you know, that's, I guess that's my thought. I mean, there still could be a couple more guys that, show up in these candidates because uh, uh, according to Bob McNair, he said four to six candidates. And we, we, we've mentioned four, four have been mentioned, uh, four have been rumored, I guess, and leaked. But uh, th- th- those right now are the guys that we know about. We're going to tell you more as we find out more about them. Just some minor news, Jadavian Clowney undergoing minor arthroscopic surgery, won't be able to play in the Pro Bowl, but should be back in plenty of time for all the rest of the offseason stuff for the Texans. Uh, also, we want to talk about these games coming up this weekend, the wildcard weekend, because lots of interesting games. Chiefs favored by eight and a half over the Titans. Rams favored by six and a half over the Falcons. Jags by eight and a half over the Bills. Saints by seven over the Panthers. Lots of huge spreads in these games. Lots of pretty big uh, favorites uh, on wildcard weekend. We need to talk about these games in a bit. But first, Brian, this probably is the perfect time for us to talk about my bookie, isn't it? That's right. And the championship game is here. It will be here before you know it. So it's time to get in the action. Uh, get on in the action with my bookie. Are you sick and tired of getting the runaround when you ask for payout? Sign up at mybookie.ag today and get paid fast when you win. My bookie is your hookup for all your betting needs. And you can even deposit using Bitcoin. Where you bet is just as important as who you're betting on. Now, if you want to make money betting the bowl games, we've got one left, the championship game. That's a big bet. you got to go to mybookie.ag. They're, they're the only site that I'd recommend. I trust them, but you don't have to take my word for it. Check them out yourself. They have the odds on every matchup as well as in-game live betting in all the season's NFL and bowl games. So join now, and mybookie will match your deposit with up to a 50% bonus. Use promo code LOCKEDON to activate the offer. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. And if you're going to bet, the only place to do it is at mybookie. Brian, this is the last uh, show, unless something really crazy happens with the Texans in the next couple of days before wildcard weekend for us. And so let's talk about some of these games. And, you know, as I was just saying a couple of minutes ago, uh, lots of big uh, favorites in the, over the weekend. Chiefs and the Titans – uh, surprisingly, that's the the first game on the docket, the early Saturday game. You know, I, I I'm surprised because everybody just assumed the Jags Bills would be the the kind of clunker of the weekend. But uh, Chiefs Titans, I, I just don't think the Titans are any good. They're they're a fake uh, playoff team in my opinion. When, when I saw the Texans play them both times this year, I wasn't impressed. Nobody seems to be too impressed with this team. You would think they were built for the playoffs. Uh, with with a good running game like they've got and 
Uh, their defense, though, I just don't think it's all that good. That that would be the w- one part that would be missing from them. The Chiefs, they're back on track. I, I, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Chiefs were not only uh, able to win this game, but able to cover by what looks like uh, on most boards an eight-and-a-half-point spread. With the Titans, with the way they've been playing, the inconsistency for Marcus uh, Mariota, uh, nothing tells me that they're ready to compete and to get out of the wild card round. They're just happy that they made it. And Mike Malarkey may have saved his job by just one season because if they would have missed the playoffs with, they did have a nice start, uh, but they kind of, you know, hobbled over to the uh, the finish line. And that reminds me of a team that I love so much, but hey, we got to the playoffs, didn't we? Um, I honestly think if you compare this Titans team to ours, I think there are still some stronger points that we would have uh, over them. Yeah, they're a fake nine and seven because that's that's what they uh, currently are. Um, I just don't think that that's going to be a good game. I don't. I really don't think it's going to be a good watch. And you're probably not going to have a lot of points up on the board. You know, it's it's just going to be blah, and then you know you'll want to turn it to something else. <laughs> oh, I think the Chiefs could score some points for sure, though. They've got, they, you know, Alex Smith is he's always been pretty decent in the playoffs. I I think and. You know, they've they've got some weapons for sure. I mean, you, you, we know what they've got. I mean, Kareem Hunt sort of f- fell off a little bit later in the year, but he's got some talent. He's a rookie, might have hit the wall. Maybe he, maybe he comes out of it a little bit uh, as we get into the playoffs. But, you know, they've got Tyreek Hill. They, they've got, uh, you know, Kelsey. Good, some good talent. Uh, don't know what's going to happen there. To me, the, the snoozer will be the Jags-Bills. And I'm surprised the Jags are favored by more than a touchdown in this game. I mean, the Jags by more than a touchdown against anybody with Blake Bortles is, a, is sort of a surprise, but uh, it could be a blowout because the Bills, they're also, I mean, the AFC's got some weak playoff teams. The AFC, you know, by far the weakest uh, group of playoff teams. Uh, Jags will win this one, but I don't know if they cover. I, I think the Bills, uh, just on the adrenaline of, I think the excitement in Buffalo and maybe, you know, maybe they look for some, a little bit of like, hey, let's let's uh, make Doug Marone uh, sweat this a little bit, uh, the former Bills coach. So who knows there? What do you think? The, the Bills will compete, but this depends on the health of uh, LaShawn McCoy, who who went down uh, back uh, this past, uh, what was it, the, the Sunday game. So uh, we don't know how uh, LaShawn McCoy, if he's going to be available. If he's available to play, the sky's the limit because he is – the best player on that team. And I know Tyrod Taylor, uh, he does have some talent, but uh, nothing goes well unless Deshaun McCoy's uh, inserted. They found a way to win, you know, to get them. Uh, did, no, they, by default, they got in you know, off a of technicality. I mean, whatever way you get into the playoffs, that, that's perfectly fine. You're in as God knows that Bills fans, they deserve this. They haven't been in the playoffs this century. So, you know, good for them. But, um, yeah, you, you might want to hit the snooze button on this one. But I really do think that the Bills are going to fight hard um, just just for the sake of it. Uh, and But the Jaguars better go on and win this because then <laughs> look, look at all what they've done this season. It would have gone for naught if, if the Bills go into upset. I would love to see an upset. It it could be possible. You never know any given day. Yeah, Bills uh, already sent that thank you note and some Buffalo wings over to the Bengals. And I think they threw some – money at Andy Dalton's charity, which was really cool. But yeah, that, that that's that's the real snoozer. I, I don't know if I'd pay much attention to that one. The game that really excites me more than any of them is Rams-Falcons. 
Uh, both of those teams not only are really good, and I think they've got the, the potential to make it all the way to the Super Bowl. The NFC's wide open, uh, and, and they've got the quarterbacks that can get their team to the Super Bowl. Uh, I don't know what to make of this, but I, I'm going to say the Rams behind uh, the the crowd maybe in L.A., first playoff game there in a, in a couple of decades, more than a couple of decades, and uh, why not? Why not pick the Rams there? The Rams are, are just rolling, and they their their defense is is terrific with Wade Phillips uh, commanding it. Sean McVay um, is a Zen master, you know, at age thirty. Um, he's he's had a great command of that team. They just have so much talent. Aaron Donald, you know, Jared Goff, Todd Gurley. You could just go down the list. It's just a whole bunch of stars. The Falcons do too. But something tells me about the Falcons that it, it's just not their year. I think it is time for the Rams. With the opportunity that they have, they can go really far in the playoffs. It's going to be a bloodbath, but I think it's going to be the Rams that they're going to come out victorious. It may come down to a kicking battle uh, between their, their two kickers, and they've, they've got some talent over there. Do you think uh, Cam Newton's got enough help to beat the Saints? That that's my big question. I, it feels like this is the Saints have got a lot more guys helping out Drew Brees than the Panthers do with Cam. Cam is going to play as you know. He's going to be unbelievable out there, and um, you know he's just got to protect himself and keep himself from getting hurt. He's done a good job of that this year. But this team is looking a lot like it did when it when it did on its Super Bowl run. They had a shaky start. But then they got it together, and here they are uh, back in the playoffs uh, once again. Um, I'm, I'm picking the Panthers. I'm really picking the Panthers. Uh, but it really depends on how the running game, how are they going to be able to stop Alvin Kamara, which has been the key uh, to the Saints' uh, offense. Breeze is still Drew Breeze. I mean, but he's not putting up as many passing yards, if I'm not mistaken. And once, you know, yeah, when he's under center, you just never know. You know, it's it's just an opportunity of a lifetime when you have him as your quarterback. He's still very, very, very good and may play just as long as time Brady. But um, I, I am picking the Panthers over this. I think they're going to be able to squeak this out. Yeah, he doesn't throw it down the field as much as he used to. Camara is going to be fun to watch for the Saints. The Houdat Nation will be out for that one. That's yeah. why they're favored by seven, I think. it's To me, it's the spread feels a little bit big. That's a stay away if I was a betting man. But um, there's some some good games to, to look at. If, if you like, uh, if you want to go with underdogs, the overdogs, uh, the favorites, uh, they dominated last year in the wild card round. We'll see if that trend continues. We got a couple more notes, and then we'll end the show with what the NFL Network said about our own DeAndre Hopkins. You're going to want to stay tuned for that. But first, let me just remind you guys, if you're a new listener, pass the word along to a friend or two. Let them know they can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Player FM, Podchaser, Megaphone. Hey, we're everywhere. The NFL has named the Texans as the coaching staff for the South team in the Senior Bowl and the Broncos as the coaching staff for the North team in this year's Senior Bowl. Uh, that's the week of January 22nd to the 27th. So interesting note, Texans will get an inside look at some of these guys. And Brian, in case you're wondering... The staffs are usually chosen this way. It's it's the teams with the lowest winning percentage from the past season, but only if a majority of their staff and head coach are intact. So that's all well and good, but not sure why the Browns aren't coaching this year. Either they're tired of having, of having the Browns coach them, 
or maybe the Browns aren't even good enough to coach a senior bowl. I have no idea why the Browns wouldn't be coaching this one. Yeah, and, and they're just, you know, it's just a mess uh, with and Hugh Jackson. I mean, he just has I, – he still has my respect. And he with, look what he has to work with. That's why he's getting another season uh, to coach over there. Uh, it would have been great if he, he would have been there. But Hugh made some strides as an offensive coordinator, especially when he was back with the, Ra- with the Raiders. And he uh, did get to head coach for a little bit before getting fired. Um, and this is his opportunity when you take a brown when you take the job with the Browns. I mean, it's like rolling the dice. It's like, well, there's no other jobs out there, so I better see if I'm the one that's going to be able to turn this around. And so many guys have have failed uh, to to get past that. Being part of the Browns, working for the Browns, I'm telling you, this is a fraternity. They could have meetings every quarter and talk about their times with with the Browns. I, I've just I've said this many times. I mean, Billichak uh, coached the Browns. I mean, you you could get a large group of guys together who have worked for the Browns, and they could have all kinds of stories uh, to tell. Um, in, in my opinion, and I don't know when they're going to be good again, but it's good to know the Texans are coaching in the senior bowl, by the way. Good to know that the Texans are playing the Browns next year, uh, too. Uh, yeah. One thing that I, I don't you you still respect you, but man, I lost a lot of respect for him. Who was that quarterback that he threw out there against the Texans? That, uh, who was the guy's name? Do you remember? Kevin, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, Kevin Hogan. Kevin Hogan. Why, 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 why Kevin Hogan? Why would you not go with Kaiser? At least somebody that might have a shred of possibility for the future instead of Kevin Hogan. That guy was awful. That guy was awful. Like, why would you even put him out there against anybody I, this year where you're going nowhere and you're doing nothing? I don't get that. That's that's where he lost me, Brian. That team, yeah, and we we mowed him down. Our defense, you know, he, he didn't even have a chance to get anything off. Clowney was all over him. Um, you know, they were like scraping him off the field. You know, he had gotten hit so hard and then he gets his concussion and we never hear from him again. I I think he's still there. <laughs> he may be there in spirit, but uh, he's not getting back on that field. But it would have been a lot more entertaining of a game if Deshaun Kaiser was was in uniform and he learned from that mistake. And there you go. You, you should have stick. You should have stuck with him. I don't even think Deshaun Kaiser is the answer. Um, they're going to be drafting another quarterback again, and they're probably going to screw it up. Yeah, they got, they got a couple of chances thanks to the Texans, two two in the top four. Uh, so they've got a uh, they've got some chances to to go after some guys. And this this quarterback class is it looks really wonky to me. I mean, it looks like maybe they should have picked somebody from last year's game. Maybe Deshaun Watson would have been a good idea, but hey. Uh, that's the Browns for you. Uh, Hey, lock and load your house of Houston headlines, Brian. I'm going to come to you a bit on that, but just want to correct some numbers I had from yesterday. Uh, when I, I talked about DeAndre's stats over his first five years in the NFL, mentioned he was in a category with AJ Green, Randy Moss, Torrey Holt, Larry Fitzgerald. The only guys who had over 400 catches, I believe I said over 58 touchdowns. And it was a little bit more, but uh, a couple numbers I had switched around. It was over 35 touchdowns, over 5,800 yards. Not a bad list to be on. The four other guys uh, should be in the Hall of Fame at some point. Torrey Holt, very underrated. Didn't make the cut for the finalists this year, but I think he might get in down the road. And just a bit, I, I want you guys to hear a little segment from the NFL Network's Kay Adams. They were having a piece on their morning show about what they'll miss about 
the regular season. And you know who came up in that segment. We'll talk about that in just a bit. But before that, Brian, give me a couple of heads, headlines from House of Houston. What are you guys talking about over there? Oh, we've got, um, you know, I've already written a piece about Brian Gain, you know, why why we should uh, avoid them. And then I've got a guy, uh, we're going to have a piece up tomorrow about uh, just breaking down uh, James Harden's effectiveness and how his injury uh, with the, how is it going to affect the Houston Rockets uh, production? And as we're recording this, the Rockets did beat the Magic. Uh, but in, in terms of his effectiveness, um, this, there's going to be a piece that comes out tomorrow that's going to talk about that. We also have a piece that talks about the top three predictions for our Houston sports team. There's a lot of optimism for 2018, and that's all broken down for you on HouseOfHouston.com. Over at my Houston Sports Talk podcast, my co-host R.G. Seal and I talked a bit about everything. We had a really long uh, segment just going over what's been going on over the last few weeks, and also had a good 30-minute Rockets conversation with Clutch fans David Weiner. He's always good for Rockets insight. By the way, Gerald Green, if you haven't noticed, this is becoming a hell of a story. He's really balling, just put up 27 against Orlando as we're recording this. Four months ago, he was rescuing people in his boat in Houston during Hurricane Harvey. Now he's talking about just what an honor it is to play for his hometown, Houston Rockets. He is loving doing this, and you can just tell by you know everything that he's saying, uh, talking about what's going on and what he's doing out on the court. It's a great, just a really cool story. Uh, we'll close things out now, as I promised. Uh, for those of you who don't think DeAndre Hopkins is appreciated enough nationally, here's the crew at Good Morning Football, starting with Kay Adams. I want to sort of put a bow on... 2017 with something that we are going to miss. The one thing that we feel individually we will miss most as we kick off the playoffs. And to me, it's a guy who didn't even get to play in week 17. I didn't even get to say bye to him, I feel like. And it's wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins. He left Mm. before we could even say goodbye. Missing, by the way, his first game of his career, Mm. which says something in and of itself. And yeah, I could go on about his stats, but what I'm going to miss is the highlight reel of toe-drag swag catches. He appeared on Nate Burleson's list. You're looking at all of them right Mm. here. Six different times. Mm. Is this the king of toe drag swag this year? Oh, yeah. He, he appeared six times, but I think they took away maybe a few of them that people say were also toe drag swag. Mm. Him near the sideline with a guy draped all over him, it's almost that like an everyday catch for him. No, but then the next one is the one. Yeah. <laughs> Led the league in receiving touchdowns with 13. Led the league in targets. In his career, he's had 10 different quarterbacks throwing him the ball. This year alone, three different quarterbacks. Give him Deshaun Watson for a full 16 games. Give him any quarterback for a full 16 games. He's never had it in his career. I will miss the circus contortionist Brandon Lloyd-esque catching that he does uh, a lot. And we might see him, of course, at the Pro Bowl. He got into the Pro Bowl this year, so congrats to DeAndre Hopkins. He could be catching passes from a drone which would be pretty cool. But I feel like he would win America's Got Talent. It would be him, the Red Panda acrobat, Red the, the, little, Red the little ventriloquist 12-year-old girl singing, and yep. DeAndre Hopkins. That, I, I got DeAndre in that one, too. And, and Red will, Panda's insane. And I will miss it. <laughs> That's good. You know what? You said it, Kyle, when you said that, you know, I, all pro. Antonio Brown, and then you can have one other wide receiver. Everyone would assume it's Julio or Odell. or whatever. 
I think without a doubt, almost unanimous, it has to be DeAndre Hopkins. The season he had was sure. insane this year. And you're a receiver, you know. Yeah, I mean, we talk about Antonio Brown a ton. I talk about Julio Jones, A.J. Green. DeAndre Hopkins just quietly goes to work. He doesn't say much. And he knows that he's dealing with all these quarterback issues. But still, week in and week out, one of the best receivers in the game. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.